before you, O most excellent God, to give your name praise and honor, Lord, for you are the living God. You are, O God, all-powerful. You know all things, Lord. You fill all spaces. In you do we live and move and have our being. And Lord, we assemble ourselves on this evening, O God, to worship your holy name, to bask in your power and your presence, O God. And Lord, we're praying that you send down your choicest blessings upon us unto night, Lord. That you move throughout the sanctuary, O God, from the pulpit to the door. Bless, O God, every soul that is here, O God. Lord, you know what we all have need of, O God. We come with individual needs, O God, but you're the supplier of all of our needs. And we come, Lord God, looking unto you who's able to do all things but fail. Lord God, anoint me on tonight, Lord Jesus, to speak your truth, O God, of your word tonight. Let your power descend down, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, get the glory tonight, Lord. Get the glory and be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. Be glorified through your word, Lord Jesus. Open up the ears of our heart, O God, in the name of Jesus. We magnify you and glorify you because you are God alone. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen and amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Glory to Jesus. We honor the Lord Jesus Christ on tonight. Hebrews chapter 11 will be our primary text. Hebrews 11. And we're going to consider verse number 8 through 10. Then we'll jump down and consider 13 through 16 on tonight. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after received an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. But they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. From these passages of scripture, we want to use for a thought on tonight, I'm a pilgrim passing through. I'm a pilgrim passing through. I'm just here to remind us on tonight that we're pilgrims. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. Once we came into the side of Jesus Christ, 
This world no longer belongs to us. We are here occupying, but we're not here to be occupied by the world. We're here to use the things that are in this world, not to let those things get hold of us and use us. We're pilgrims just passing through. Webster's Dictionary defines a pilgrim as a wanderer or a traveler. And we understand from history that in 1620, pilgrims traveled from England to what is called Plymouth in search of a new world and freedom from the political and governmentally influenced Church of England. Later on in 1789 was the establishment of the Constitution, which was a list of rights that every American had a right to. And in our country, unfortunately, the First Amendment right is under attack. This right is in critical condition in our state. This right declares that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble. But we see that in our nation, this right of freedom of religion is under attack, being under attack through different laws that are being passed to try to underskirt and undercut our amendment right to worship God freely as we desire to. To worship God and to preach the word of God without pretense or without being um, afraid of preaching the word of God. But that's the state of our nation on today. In scripture, a pilgrim is one that has a temporary residence on the earth. And it is our desire on tonight to make you aware of the fact that we are also pilgrims trying to make it from earth to glory. Our journey is not one that is haphazard and without direction as those in the world might suppose. We're not wandering aimlessly without a goal in mind, but we have put the world behind us and decided to follow Jesus. The natural man cannot understand the things of God, so therefore they see are striving to live a holy life before God and to be blameless as ridiculous, and sometimes they call it legalistic. They will say things like, you don't have to do all that. And they'll say that we're saved by grace and not by works. And people that say these type of things, they feel that they have nothing they have to contribute or to do or any change they have to make in order to be a Christian. Individuals that have this type of mind fail to understand that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. This type of person lacks a, uh, has a carnal mind and, and, and is a drifter. Drifters are people who have no place uh, to call home. They wander from place to place, and they are self-reliant. They are unaccountable, and they don't completely conform to anything or, feel, or, the, that the, or conform to anything that fills their own desires. They follow headlong after the things they see is right and declare what is right and wrong in their own eyes. But they don't realize at the end of the day that their way is leading unto death. But true pilgrims are those that are called out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Uh, they're not led by the things that they see or the things that they don't see. They're not led by what they feel or what they don't feel, but they're led by faith in Jesus Christ. 
They're led by the faith that God has given unto every man because the Bible says that God has given to every man a measure of faith. And besides the measure of faith he's given unto us to believe, he's also given us his word that we can follow in his word to understand what God does require for us in these last times. Hallelujah. The danger of those that follow their own heart is this. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 and 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things. People want to blame a whole bunch of things on the devil. But we find in Scripture that the Bible says that the heart... The heart of man is deceitful above all things. That means it's more deceitful than the devil can be. So a lot of the things that we get ourselves involved in, a lot of things that cause us trouble is because of our own nasty heart. Our heart is the one that's deceiving us and bringing us into places that we ought not to be. The world will tell you that you should just follow your heart. The the things on the TV telling you to follow your heart. Disney's theme is about following your heart. But your heart is there to lead you astray on purpose. It's not there to help you out. The Bible also lets us know about those that think about their own thoughts. In Isaiah 55 and 8, God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. And there is a way that God desires for us to go. And as long as we stay in the confines of God's word, we we, we can have an assurance that we're walking in the safety of God. But once we get out of sight of that and we start using our own mind, going about things our own way, we'll find out at the end of the road there's going to be trouble. But as long as we realize that God's ways are better, and then this, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And realize that we don't know. We don't understand. We've never been this way before that we have to follow God in order to make it out of this world alive. In a scripture text, Abraham is far from being a drifter. Wandering aimlessly. He was not a settler in the land. People that are wanderers are those that have not made up their mind of what side they want to be on. They're people that straddle the fence. They're people that are blown by every wind of doctrine that comes their way. They're without a compass, so they go here and there. Wherever the next thing that comes as new, that's where the drifters go. These drifters are people that hop from church to church. They they can't seem to, to settle down with the pastor that God gives them. See, you can't go out and pick your own pastor. The Bible says God will give you a pastor after his own heart. But people are drifting from church to church and can't settle down. Then there's the settlers. The settlers in the land have made up in their mind that they're here to stay. They're not looking for a way out. The settlers, there are even some that used to be they're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, but they've allowed the things of this life to cause them to settle down and to take their eyes off the prize and focus upon the things on the earth. They settled in. They're comfortable about what things are going because they got the job that's helping them make a little bit more money. They got the family. They, got a, they finally got their spouse. So now they're, they're all set. They received the Holy Ghost one day. And they, they're, they're all right with that. They settled down. They're at ease in Zion. But the Bible 
tells us that we should not sit back and eat, but we should continually press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. We can't allow this world and the things in the world to, to lull us to sleep, to cause us to be desensitized to the things that are going on all around us. But Abraham, he wasn't a drifter. He was not a settler in the land. Genesis 12 and 1 says this, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, so this lets me know, even though we find that his father Terah came out of uh, Ur of the Chaldees and, and Abraham and them seemed like it came with them, but it said the Lord had said unto Abraham, so past tense, he had already told him, go out into a place I'm going to show you. And it just happened that Terah and all the other folks just kind of came along with Abraham. But the Lord called him out from his own family, but the family decided to tag along with him. But we find that after a while, Terah died. Find out that one of Abraham's brothers died. Then Abraham, God comes back and tells him, keep on going to the place that I've told you to go to. And for those of us that are in here that have not yet tasted of the divine, God's divine nature, I'm calling you out of your drifter state on tonight. I'm calling you out of your settler state on tonight. And letting you know that you need to be saved and be ready when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get that done right now. If you not not received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you need to settle that right now because we don't know when the Lord is coming. You don't know where death lies. So we have to be ready. We can't be getting ready when those things happen. We need to be, be ready before those things happen. And so and God is calling, this is how he called Abraham to come out. I'm calling you out of your stuff on tonight calling you out of your drifter state of going from here to there and is here what the word of God is saying. Put away your funny magazines. Put away your funny books. Put away those other funny doctrines and come back to what God is saying out of his word. Put away your funny TV shows that are causing your mind to be flipped upside down. Filling you with all types of stuff in your spirit. Filled with all these types of stuff. Come back to what the word of God is saying. So that you can be ready when Jesus Christ comes. And so we find that Abraham went out, and the Bible says here in a scripture text, he obeyed and he went out, not knowing whether he went. You don't have to know all the details of God's plan for you on tonight. When he tells you to come out, you just got to start moving in faith and be obedient to what God said. When God called Abraham to go out, he didn't have a whole bunch of conversations with a whole bunch of people. He didn't gather his family around and encounter with, with his wife, Sarah. He didn't ask Terry. He didn't ask nobody else in the land, but he just started stepping and going to what God said. He said, I'm going to lead you to a place. And so he just started following Jesus. And that's just like us on tonight. We just have to follow after the Lord. He's not going to tell you every step that you need to make, but when you put your foot down, the Bible says his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. You just have to put down the first step in faith and he'll show you where to take the next step. In life, God has a way of directing us. Sometimes he closes a door to keep us from going there and he's directing us to another door. And sometimes he opens a door and allows us to walk through, showing us that this is the way that we ought to go. And sometimes persecution comes our way to redirect our steps because this is the way that God desires for us to go. But sometimes we get upset and we want to counsel with all these other people and counsel with our friends 
trying to find out what the will of the Lord is, but sometimes all you have to do is look into the Word of God to find out what God's will is. And sometimes we have to open up our ears and hear the Word of God at the preacher's mouth to find out what the will of the Lord is. And sometimes we have to be here in Bible study in Sunday school to find out what the will of the Lord is. You don't know when your part is coming to show you what the next step to take. You don't know when God is going to talk to, to you upon your condition. He's going to talk about your condition, but the problem is, that are we going to be here when he's speaking? Because he has a day he's going to speak, but if we're not here, it's not God's fault. Because he's going to speak, but are we going to be here to receive the word that we need? We don't have to understand uh, uh, everything that God wants us to do, hallelujah, but we just have to follow on after God. We have to let the Lord direct our steps. We have to humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves before God's mighty hand, he's able to direct our steps. It's hard for God to, 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 to direct somebody that's filled with their own ways. It's hard for God to lead someone in the way that he wants them to go when they don't have a humble heart because they have their own way. And, and when the way doesn't match, when God's way doesn't match up with what they want to do, they're going to do what they want to do. When God's way don't match up, when their way doesn't match up with the counsel they receive, they're going to do what they want to do because they've already set in their mind what they're going to do. Hallelujah. That's why they don't want to come around and, and get counsel. They don't want to come around and hear somebody that's wiser than them that's going to give them good counsel because they already know what they're going to say. But they already have in their mind what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And this is not the type of mind of a person that's a pilgrim. But a pilgrim is a humble type of person, looking to be led by God's will. A pilgrim is one that seeks God's will in prayer. Sometimes you got to spend hours in prayer to find out and to determine and to be able to discern what God's will is for you for your life. At first blush, you might look out and hallelujah and see something that you want to get involved in, but you're not sure if God's will or God is with you. You want to make sure that God goes with you in the thing that you drought to enter into. If God is not with you, you're probably going to end up in destruction. Hallelujah. I don't want to enter into anything if God is not going to be with me. I want to make sure that I'm in the will of God no matter what I'm going to get involved in. If I'm going to get involved in another job, I want to make sure God is with me. Hallelujah. If I go and get involved in this, that, or the other, I want to make sure that God is with me. Even in the places I spend my money, I want to make sure that God is with me even in the places that I spend my money. Hallelujah. I remember when I wanted to get married. Hallelujah. Well, well, actually, let me back up a little bit. I came to a place where I was dissatisfied with Jesus Christ. I came to a place if I'd never got married, I was satisfied with Jesus. And see, when you get satisfied with Jesus, and then he's able to show you what you need to, hallelujah, what you need to have. But if you're not satisfied with Jesus already, and you're willing to go to place, hallelujah, and get, get that mindset that if this never happens for me, Lord, I'm all right as long as I have you. If I never have the house on the side of the hill, as long as Jesus Christ is with me. If I never had that brand new car that I'm looking for, as long as Jesus is with me, I'm going to be all right. Hallelujah. I want to make sure that God is with me in anything that I get involved in. Hallelujah. When I, wanted to, when I came to a place that I was satisfied with Jesus, and that's when the Lord came about. Hallelujah. My wife walked into the sanctuary one day with her parents.
hands. The Lord said to me, hallelujah, that's going to be your wife. Hallelujah. I looked around and said, what are you talking about? The Lord said, that's going to be your wife. And I just went along what God wanted me to go along with. Hallelujah. And I'm blessed unto date with the wife that I have. I'm blessed unto date with the children that I have. I'm blessed unto date because I have a good wife that takes care of me. I have a good wife that takes care of my children. Hallelujah. I know I have the wife that God determined for me to have. But some people enter into this institution that's supposed to be styled like the church, but they enter in and now styled like hell. Hallelujah. Because they're arguing and fighting. Hallelujah. They're throwing pots and pans. They're throwing punches. They're throwing words back and forth because they got the spouse that God never determined for them to have. That they're choking one another. That they're kicking one another. Hallelujah. They're fussing and fighting because God did not determine for you to be have that. God wasn't with you in your decision, but you want to make sure that God is with you. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to make sure that God is with you in whatever you get involved in. And so you seek God in prayer and you seek him through your word, his word. Hallelujah. No doubt you end up, hallelujah, following in the will of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to know all the details, but all we have to do is focus upon the destination. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get involved in wondering how God is going to work this out, how he's going to bring this about. But hallelujah. God is not want us to worry about the details of the thing. He wants to, hallelujah, make our request known unto him and then see the end result. Hallelujah. When you pray, pray in faith. Hallelujah. Make your request and then go to the end of your faith. Hallelujah. In your mind, in your mind's eye, with an eye of faith, you see the end result of what you request from God. But sometimes we play around in the middle ground, the thing that only God can do, trying to figure out how's God going to bring this about. This is falling apart. And this thing is not working here. And these people are acting this way here. When we get involved in those things, we get distracted and our faith is overturned. But just make your request known unto God and see the end result and wait upon God. And after a while and by and by, he's going to bring, hallelujah, the thing that you desire to fruition glory to Jesus. We have to have faith in God. Hallelujah. And don't worry about the details. Hallelujah. Just focus upon the destination. Hallelujah. On the route and that we're taking, hallelujah, there's going to be afflictions. On the route that we're taking, sometimes there's going to be times of persecution. It's not going to be all the time, but sometimes in this life, hallelujah, you're going to have to suffer. Hallelujah. But if you go through suffering in this life, what not when you, when you go through suffering in this life. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the Bible tells us when we're going through our troubles and we're going through our afflictions that we could consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners. When we start to think about the things that Jesus went through. We start to think about the time that he stayed up all night long and went from trial to trial. Hallelujah. Because of the people that wanted to crucify him. We think about, hallelujah, how they put a crown of thorns into his head just for us. We start to think about, hallelujah, how he stretched out his hands willingly to be nailed to the cross so that we could have hope beyond this world. We start to think about all the things that he did and he wasn't even a sinner. 
sinners. We deserve to die that way. We deserve to be crucified. We deserve to be condemned to death. But Jesus came in our place. And we start to consider those things. The things that we're going through don't seem so bad. Hallelujah. Because the things that we have done, we deserve no blessings. We deserve nothing but death. But look what Jesus has done. He came and died on the cross that we could have life. He came and died and took the sting of death that we could have life. He came, hallelujah, and down, hallelujah, the four and twenty generations just to die on a cross for sinners like us. Hallelujah. When we consider this, the things that we're going through are just light afflictions. Hallelujah. The things that we're going through are not worthy to be talked about. The things that we're going through are not worthy to be complained about because he died a horrible death to give us life. He died a horrible death to give us blessings. He died a horrible death that we could have grace. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So you still, if you feel like fainting and you feel like falling out because the things you're going through on this journey as a pilgrim, just consider Jesus. Hallelujah. And in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Perhaps the persecution and affliction you're going through are the things that are going to keep you humble and cause you not to be proudful and cause you to keep yourself down. So give thanks in everything. Hallelujah. Because God is with you in the thing that you're going through. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the scripture text, in verse number 9 of Hebrews 11, that by faith he's adjourned in the land of promise as a strange country, and dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Hallelujah. Tabernacle is a fixed, movable habitation. It's typically a light construction. It's like a tent that the Israelites used in the Exodus when it came out of Egypt going through the wilderness and hallelujah and now we're journeying hallelujah we need to have a life that's like a, a tabernacle we need to have a life that's ready to pick up and get ready to go when Jesus comes and that's why you can't afford to be a settler and laying down roots and putting your anchor down because we got to be ready to leave this life at a moment's notice hallelujah but sometimes we allow those things that we mentioned before to cause us to be a settler in this land when we should be living a life in a tabernacle. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And God, hallelujah, and God lives in us. Hallelujah. And the Bible lets us know that, hallelujah, that God lives in us. And hallelujah, and the earthy tabernacle of this body be dissolved. We have another body made without hands, reserved in the heavens above. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside. Hallelujah. But God has another building that he's going to clothe us with after we leave this world. And I'm looking forward to that time when I'm clothed upon with my new body, when I lay down this vile body that I have, but at a moment's notice, I can't allow the things of this life to cause me, hallelujah, to lose my focus. I can't allow the things of this life to cause me, hallelujah, to, not, to stop looking up because my redemption is drawing nigh. And we, hallelujah, we notice here that a scripture lets us know that Abraham, he was in the tabernacle, and so was Isaac and Jacob. This lets me know that we ought to teach our children, hallelujah, 
hallelujah, the, the, the love that the, the love this world, hallelujah, that the not to love this world the way that the world loves the world. We ought to teach our children that they're, they're pilgrim and passing through. And so the school, the things they're doing in school is not the end all result. They have to realize that after this life, there's another life to live. Hallelujah. We ought to teach our children in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. That they can be ready to meet the Lord when he comes back. We need to maintain a heart of a pilgrim. We need to maintain a heart, hallelujah, that's looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. And Peter said it on this wise, until he beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, the strain from fleshly lust that wars against the soul. Lust wars that keep our minds here have, uh, earthly minded. Lust wars that keep us uh, going after covetous things. Lust wars that keep us, hallelujah, battling around with envy and strife and jealousy over things that we have and we don't have. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, abstain from fleshy lust that wars against your soul. It's uh, trying to keep you down. It's trying to keep you from looking up. It's trying to keep you, hallelujah, from going drawing nigh into God. But we got to let go of these fleshly lusts. We got to abstain from these things that's trying to knock us out of the race, that's trying to keep us from going to the place, hallelujah, in our mind where the Lord wants us to go. But we got to elevate our minds and look for the city that has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. I'm looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. By faith, hallelujah, enables me to see the promise afar off. Because the Bible says they saw the promise afar off, even though they had not received the promise. Through faith, you can see the promise afar off. But if you lost, hallelujah, your first love and you backed up off of faith, you become blind and you cannot see. Hallelujah. You have faith on tonight and you realize you're a pilgrim that's passing through this world. You ought to see the promises of his coming afar off. You ought to see, hallelujah, the times are winding up. You ought to see the times, the signs of the times, pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is soon to come. You ought to see on the horizon that Jesus is soon to come back to take the church out of the world. Hallelujah, I can see it afar off with an eye of faith. Hallelujah, not only can I see it, but by faith, I'm going to embrace the promises. Hallelujah, I'm going to allow it to get into my heart. Because when you embrace something, it means that you love it. When you embrace something, you don't want it to get away from you. So I'm embracing the promises of God. I'm embracing, hallelujah, the word of God. I'm embracing the promise of eternal life. I'm embracing the promise of a world beyond this world. I'm embracing the promise of a body, hallelujah, like unto his glorious body. I'm embracing the promise they're going to have an endless life forever. Because, hallelujah, I believe it. And I'm persuaded that God is able to do it. I'm persuaded in my heart that God is going to keep me until that day. I'm persuaded in my heart that he's not going to let me fall. I'm persuaded in my heart he's going to help me to stand. I'm persuaded in my heart he's going to help me to, to survive. I'm persuaded in my heart he's going to help me to endure. I'm going to endure until the end to see what the end is going to be. He that endureth until the end. The Bible says the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. I believe on tonight that God has prepared me. I believe on tonight that God has anointed me. I believe on tonight that God has saved me. I'm looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
So we got to be persuaded. Hallelujah. Don't allow your faith to be overturned. You got to embrace the promises of God on tonight. You got to embrace the fact that he promised you a city that has foundation. You got to embrace the fact that he's given unto you eternal life. If you have the Holy Ghost on tonight, you have eternal life in your body right now. Hallelujah. You have eternal life. You can never die. This body might give out, but it was never about these bodies anyway. The Bible says in Ezekiel that God said, all souls are mine. He never said anything about the body, but all souls. If your soul is alive, that's all that matters. It was never about the body. It's all about what's in the body, your soul. Hallelujah. But people are worried about the body. They're trying to dress and pamper up the body. They're trying to do all these things about the body. But God was never, ever concerned about the body. It was already a done deal that the body was going to die. But the soul, the soul was the thing that was important to God. Because when he breathed into Adam the breath of life, he said he became a living soul, not a living body. A living soul. We go about these numbers and say that Adam made it to, what, 800, 930? Methuselah made it to 969. It's not about those numbers. Because the day that they sinned, they died that day in their soul. The soul died that day. Not when the body gave out. The soul died that day. And everyone that issued out of the womb of Eve was born dead. Born dead. It's like analogous to a mother brings forth a child naturally and is born still dead. Was it, is, it, is that the proper word? Stillbirth. That's how it was for spiritually. Everyone that came out of Eve dead, dead. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus the Christ, Jesus is the one who brought about life. Hallelujah. We thought we were living life, but it's only our fleshly body is moving around, but we're still dead. We came forth doing what we wanted to do, Elder Black, but we were just the walking dead because the soul was dead. We functioned. We got education, but the soul was still dead. But when Jesus came, glory to Jesus. But when Jesus came, when he came and got on that cross, life was in him. When they pierced him with the crown of thorns, life was in him. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Life was coming out of him. Life for the, the, the sins of all mankind. The Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost brought about spiritual life. That was the first day that life came unto mankind was on the day of Pentecost. That's when man had a chance to live. Let me wrap this up. I got to get out of here. So we need to embrace the promises. We need to be persuaded of these promises. 
we need to confess that we are a stranger and a pilgrim on the earth. Because when we, when we confess this, we're making the confession of, of the fact that I no longer, I don't belong to this world, but I have another world that I belong to. I'm no longer a citizen of this world, but I'm a citizen of another world. My conversation is now not on the earth, but in the heavens, according to Philippians chapter 2. That word conversation means citizenship. It's not talking about talk. It's citizenship. My citizenship is now in the heavens, no longer here. Once I've been born again, once you've been born again, you're no longer a resident of this place. You're just passing through because now you become a pilgrim at that point. You're just passing through. You pass through and you use some of the things here as you're passing through. You're able to give things away and you're passing through because you're not holding on to anything because you don't, you, don't, you don't say these things are mine. But the moment you start saying these things are mine, that's when we become a settler. Because now you're trying to protect all the things that are yours. And you become a settler. Somebody else has need of something, but you can't give it up because this is mine. You become a settler on the earth when we should be pilgrims passing through. Pilgrims passing through. We need to keep passing saints towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. We need to keep on looking unto Jesus who's able to keep us and to help us. We need to be like the, the next verse, I believe, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 16, tells us this fact. 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have opportunity to return. You can't go back in glory in the things you came out of. You can't keep on looking back at the good old days, as some people call it. Well, those days were days of treachery. Those days were days of sin and lasciviousness. They weren't good old days. There was days of the dead. But we ought to keep on looking forward because the longer you look back, the longer you let people come in your life that cause you to look back, you're going to have opportunity to go back. But we're not of those that draw back unto perdition, but of those that believe unto the saving of the soul. The soul. The soul. In my closing, I'm reminded of this song. This is my second favorite song. Oh, I want to see him. My second favorite song. Actually, you know what? That's my first favorite song. Oh, I want to see him. And I love this verse here when it says, As I journey through the land, singing as I go, pointing souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without within. Boy, my Lord leads me on. Through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. Oh, I want to see him. I, li don't, I like that part. Oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. See, some people want to get up there and talk to Peter about what did Jesus mean when he said you're the, you're the rock. They want to ask Ezekiel about the wheel in the middle of the wheel. All that stuff is all right. But when I get there, Elder, I want to see Jesus. I want to see the one that has the wounds in his hands for me. I want to see the wound in his side that he took for my sins. I want to see the wounds in his feet. Hallelujah. I want to talk to Jesus. I don't, all, all these other saints are nice, but I want to see his face. His face, because his face is the only one that matters. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, 
let me lift my voice. Why? Because cares are past. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. Hallelujah. Ever to rejoice. And I'm looking for that time. Because I live this life looking for that city that has foundation. I live this life looking up because I know my redemption is drawing nigh. I know that the life that I'm living is not in vain. I know the sacrifices that I have to make is not in vain. Sisters, the way that you do things is not in vain. Brothers, the way that you do things, if you do it according to the book, is not in vain. Your living is not in vain. Because after a while, the scoffers won't be around. After a while, the ones that mocked you, they won't be around. All those things will be a light afflictions and cannot compare to the glory that shall be revealed unto us. When we make it there, home at last. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. Maybe on tonight, you find that you are a settler in the land. And you allow things to distract you. And take the position that Jesus Christ should have. You allowed your mind to be turned around somehow. I'm inviting you to come to the altar and ask the Lord to strengthen you on tonight. Maybe you find that some things have caused you to put adrift. And you find yourself drifting to and fro. Come to the altar and ask the Lord to give you a compass. The compass of his word, the Holy Ghost. That he can redirect you in the way that he wants you to go. Because I'm just of this belief on tonight that everyone that's gathered here on tonight wants to make it into the heavens.